Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Now we're going to pick up the story in 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 5. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Also, we're going to see it on the screen. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah has done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that one of them. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. He came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there, while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush, and he fell asleep. We're going to continue later on the reading, but if, you, if you're following your Bibles, don't close them because we're going to go back and forth to continue with the chapter. The question is, why do we struggle with intense emotions? Why in our lives do we have to experience fear, frustration, depression, sadness, bitterness? Why do we struggle with this? And we're going to find out in a moment. But if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like you to look in verse 3 and tell us what was Elijah experiencing? What was the feeling in his heart in, chapter three, uh, in verse 3? What do you think? He was? He was afraid. He was afraid, right? So Elijah was afraid, and because he was afraid, he ran for his life. I'm pretty sure that many of us here have experienced feelings like this in our life. I think that many of us have experienced uh, having fear or being afraid or being discouraged. What did we do at that time? How did we manage those emotions? Maybe sometimes we try to distract ourselves. Other times we start with prayer and we pray. Other times maybe we go to speak with somebody like with a doctor or a counselor. And I hope, I hope that that helped you to manage those emotions. And other times we have to do what Elijah did, to remove ourselves from that situation. So Elijah removed himself from the situation, he ran away, and he took measures for his own safety. However, if we look forward in verse number four, we can see that Elijah is depressed. He has thoughts of dying, and he says, you know what, God? I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no better than my parents. Just take my life. In, in, our, in, in my field of work, we call that when somebody has passive suicidal thoughts. When somebody says, I want to go to bed and I don't want to wake up. I just want to go to bed. So it's interesting to see also what Elijah did. For one day, he went by himself in the desert without food and water, and now he is lying under a bush. So clearly, he was in a very dangerous spot. Elijah was discouraged, then he got depressed, and now he was in danger. Now, I have a question for you this morning, or a question for all of us. How did a great man of God, how did the greatest prophet in Israel became depressed? What happened to him? 
in the previous chapter, we see him on the top of the world, so to speak. He's on Mount Carmel calling out fire from heaven, and now he's under a bush in, in the desert waiting to die. What happened to him? What's going on with, uh, with him? And then this question can go on and to say, why so many of our pastors, our, our spiritual leaders and ministers, why do they struggle with depression and burnout? So we can see that Elijah experienced discouragement and depression, and you know why? Because he was vulnerable. And all of us, we are vulnerable, right? Pastors can, appreciate, can experience depression and burnout because they are vulnerable. They are human beings like any of us. And when we talk about vulnerabilities, I mean, we need hours to talk about that. But vulnerability means maybe it's biological factors. Maybe something's happening in our body and that triggers depression. Or maybe something is happening in our environment and that triggers depression. Or, or you know what, maybe we are predisposed to develop depression because maybe we have a history of family depression. The same way if my grandpa had diabetes, my dad had diabetes, has diabetes, I'm more likely to develop diabetes than somebody else who do not have diabetes in their, in their family. So it's the same way with depression, with anxiety. And we just have to understand our vulnerabilities. And a quick way to remember or to see our vulnerabilities, and this is for all of us all the time, it's the acronym HALT. My friends who are here and uh, maybe they are familiar with AA, they know what I'm talking about because this is something that we talk about it every time. We have to be in sync and to see what's happening with us. What are our vulnerabilities? So if we look at this, it says, you know what, all the time to ask yourself, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? If we were to look at Elijah, he would like check all those boxes. He was hungry, definitely. After a day of traveling the desert, he was even thirsty, I would say. He was angry. It looks like he was angry with the people, maybe even with God. He was angry. And then, well, he was lonely. He was by himself and definitely tired, right? So I would say no wonder that he was in a tough spot because of these vulnerabilities. He was vulnerable and he was depressed. Depression, it's a normal response that we feel when we experience a loss in our life. But when depression stays there and it's intense for more than two weeks, we call that clinical depression. And that needs to be treated with counseling, with lifestyle changes, and with medication. You know, when somebody is depressed, it doesn't mean that God abandoned them or that they lost their faith, not at all. It means that we are struggling and we need to encourage those people. And we need to encourage those of us who are going through something like that. Because depression, it's a mind condition, like any other conditions, like anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar condition, personality disorders. So we need to understand depression is a part of mental health diseases. So in terms of the situation, he was wanted by the queen. This is the big situation. Now, what were the thoughts that went through his mind when he was wanted by the queen? He said, you know what? I had enough of this. I want to die. We already seen that in his heart he was feeling um, he was afraid. And what was the behavior? What did he do? He ran away, and now he is under a bush, laying under a bush, waiting to die. 
and his body sensations, he was tired, right? So we need to understand that everything is connected. Our thoughts are connected with our feelings, our behaviors, and our physical sensations. And the only thing that we can change, it's our thoughts, how we think about something, and what we do about it. And the feelings will always change. Now, what I'd like to do this morning is to look in the Word of God and to see some of the principles that we can use to manage difficult emotions. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read from, um, we'll continue to read from verse 5, right? So we see that Elijah ran away, he's under a bush, he's waiting to die, and he just stays there. Now it's so nice that God comes to, to him, right? He sends an angel, and in verse 5 says, All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and they lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him, and he said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. When we struggle with a crisis in our life, when we struggle with, emo uh, with intense emotions, the first thing that we need to do is to take care of the basics, to take care of the basics. Now, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about we need to focus to have a balanced nutrition, we need to rest, and then we need fresh air and physical exercise. This is how God created us. This is what God is teaching Elijah, how to navigate that crisis in his life. And God provides food for him. Now, secondly, when we struggle with uh, um, intense emotions or we go to an emotional crisis, we need to understand and to acknowledge the journey. It is a journey. In verse 8, it says here, Elijah, he got up and ate and drank, and strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Our life is a journey. Our walk with God is a journey. Our uh, mental wellness, it's a journey. It's not happening like this right? It's a journey, and sometimes it's like we have to take one day at a time. And when we struggle, when we go through crises, when we go through difficult situations, we have to remember the same thing. You know what? I don't have to worry about tomorrow or about next week or two weeks from now. I have to worry for today. And I know that there are lots of different Bible verses where it says, you know, do, want, do not worry about tomorrow, right? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I have to worry for today. The third thing that we have to see what we can do to, to manage those emotions is to seek God's presence. Seek God's presence. Let's read starting from verse 10 or verse 9. So Elijah gets to the mountain. He goes into the cave. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, Elijah replied, I, was, um, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, have put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they try to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the, was not in the wind. 
After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram or Syria. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And Elisha, son of Shaphat from Abel, Mehola, to succeed you as prophet. And verse 18, yet I reserve, now there are some translations that says, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees have not bound down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. You see, in verse 9, we see that Elijah finally reaches the, mount, the mountain. He gets into the cave, and the word of God comes for a visit and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? What's going on with you? That's an interesting question. I mean, God asked him to go there, right? And God says, what are you doing here? You know, do you think that God didn't know what Elijah was going through? Do you think that God didn't know what Elijah was thinking and feeling? God knew all of that. But God wanted Elijah to be able to hear himself, to speak out loud, so he can make a connection, so he can understand himself. And in verse number 10, we see Elijah's answer. And you know what Elijah's saying? God, I was full of passion for you, God. I, I was very zealous, full of passion. But now I'm disappointed, I'm alone, I'm isolated and afraid. I'm scared for my life. I hide in this cave, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, I'm in danger, and I want to die. He was very honest with God and told him what happened. God knows the feelings, he knows the heart. God knew what Elijah was thinking and feeling, and God knew that Elijah needed encouragement, he needed reassurance, and he needed to see God. So in verse 11, God tells Elijah, go out from the place where you are. Go out and stay in the presence of the Lord. Stand in the presence of the Lord. The same way the Word of God is telling all of us, is telling me and is telling you, Go out from the place where you are in your life and stay in the presence of the Lord. The first question maybe God is asking you, what are you doing here? Not in church. It's good that you are here. What are you doing in this place in your life, in that place in your narrative? What are you doing there? And after that, God says, stay in the presence of the Lord. Go in the light. Stop hiding in your feelings. Stop hiding in your limitations. Stop hiding in the hidden places of your, of your heart. Stop hiding in your sadness. Stop hiding in your worry, your discouragement, maybe your unbelief. Stop hiding in your bitterness, your resentments, and stop hiding in your addictions and your unhealthy behavior. Go out of the cave and stay in the presence of the Lord. I want you to visualize this. 
to know that God could have shown his glory in the cave. God could have shown his glory under the bush in Beersheba, but God wanted Elijah to do something, to do the next step. God comes to speak with him and says, now it's your turn, Elijah, to the next step. Go out and stay in the presence of the Lord and let the presence of the Lord transform you and change you. You know, sometimes when we're experiencing depression, we need to change our environment. Because if we don't change our environment, you know, it, it, it's a revolving door and we stay there. Then I like in verse 12, because God showed his power to Elijah. He showed a powerful wind, and then he showed an earthquake, then a fire. And the Bible says God was not in the wind, not in the earthquake, was not in the fire. But it says God was in the gentle whisper. And you know why? Because God was ready to meet Elijah at his lowest point and to give him what he needed. Elijah didn't need somebody to say, what's wrong with you? Prophets who do not believe in God, they get depressed. Something's wrong with you, Elijah. Just shake it off. When you hear statements like that, I want to know that that is not coming from God. Elijah needed encouragement. He needed reassurance. And God came to him in a gentle whisper and says, Elijah, I want you to, to know that you are not alone. Elijah, I'm here to reassure you. Now, I think that would be important for us to learn from God and to learn how to support our loved ones. Maybe you don't struggle with intense emotions, but you have people in your life. Don't be a fire and don't be like a, 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 um, an earthquake there. Learn from God and be a gentle whisper and encourage those people in your life that need encouragement, needs reassurance. We have to learn that. We can see that God asked Elijah again, what you're doing here? Elijah maintained his position. I didn't know what was going on through Elijah. And I think that after you have an encounter with God, you cannot stay the same. Our thoughts and our behaviors change. And we see that even if the thoughts of Elijah didn't change right away, his behavior changed, right? And I really like verse 18 because Elijah called all, um, God called Elijah all the way from Beersheba to Horeb to tell him, Elijah, you are not alone. You feel that you are alone, but you are not alone. And sometimes this is what we need to know, that we are not alone. I'd like to, to look around you. I don't know how many people are here today, but look around you and see the people around you and see that you're not alone. And we're going to do something that maybe we don't do here, and it's weird. I'd like you to turn to the person next to you and say, you are not alone. You are not alone. And this is very important. You are not alone. I am not alone. Sometimes I feel that I'm the only one, and I'm alone, but I'm not alone. Now, the fourth thing that we have to understand and, and to learn is that Elijah came, on the mission, came to Horeb, God revealed himself, and after that, God gave him a mission, and Elijah fulfilled that mission, right? God told Elijah, go and appoint a new king in Israel, a new king in Syria, and a new successor, or a new replacement for you. And Elijah said, yes, God, I'm going to do that. And you know, the interesting thing is that we have to trust and obey the word of God. You know, he was, I mean, if we were to look on the map, Mount Sinai is at the very south 
point of, of that, you know, region. And Elijah had to cross to go from the south all throughout Israel to go to the north where Syria was, right? So his life was in danger. The, key, the queen still wanted to kill him, but Elijah, he was renewed after he saw God, and he went on a mission, and he went to, to do exactly, to obey what God told him to do. At home, you can read the um, verses 19 to 21, and you can see that Elijah returned back to the ministry. He returned back to the ministry. The Elijah that returned from Horeb was a different person. He was renewed. His zealousy was back, his passion was back, his energy was renewed, replenished. He was back in business and he had a mission. And this is what happens when we stand in the presence of Lord. Now, we are staying here in the presence of the Lord and I don't know what the Lord is asking you to do. I don't know what the Lord is telling you to do, but it's important for you to listen to that and to do what he's telling us to do. Maybe God revealed to himself to you and says you are not alone. Maybe God said, listen, maybe it's time for you to talk with somebody about the struggles that you have. And I want to say that at the end of the service, we want to provide prayer for those people who need prayer. If you want to pray, and if you want somebody to pray with you, we're gonna sing a song. And after we sing that song, I invite you to come here in front, and also I invite the uh, people from the prayer team to come in front, and we're gonna pray for you. We don't want anyone to leave this morning. If you want to pray or to talk to God, you're gonna be supported in here. I, li I like to leave you with a saying that says, in the midst of every crisis lies a great opportunity. It's an opportunity to, for us to learn about ourselves. It's an opportunity for us when we go through a crisis to learn about God, to trust God, to have a close relationship with him. And we can see that Elijah was going through a difficult crisis, a mental health crisis. He was going through a career crisis. He was going through a ministry crisis, a spiritual crisis. But we learned from him how he navigated this crisis and how we can do that too to take care of the basics, to acknowledge the journey, to seek God's presence, to trust and obey the Word of God. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's nobody